Hey, this is Dusty Otis. Welcome to the Living Redefined Podcast. This is a place where we discuss modern day topics and attack them with biblical truths. The goal that we have is just to make daily decisions based on morality and integrity. I want to help you move forward in your faith, and I hope that today helps you do that. Enjoy the message. What's up, everybody online? Welcome back. Welcome back to uh, A Better Way Forward, Part 9. We are rolling through this series, this season of our journey toward a greater health in 2023. So my name is Dusty. I'm thankful that you're joining me today. It's been a crazy hectic week. I actually prepared this message last week and I've been gone the first uh, three quarters of this week on a retreat, um, just walking uh, with a few guys and helping them in their faith journey. So it's been a a huge blessing and and some refreshment. So I'm coming back. This is hot and fresh. I just went back through it. So if you're taking part of your day to be with me, I greatly appreciate it. If you support what me and Heather are doing here in the city of Fort Collins uh, with ministry, I'm grateful. And so let's jump into a better way forward part nine. And uh, just a just a prequel or preference uh, elections are this week. And so we should uh, probably pray that the people who need to be appointed are appointed. And so let's start with pray, and then we'll jump into helping your heart, which means beginning to love as a whole. Father, we love you. Thank you so much for the opportunity, Lord, to jump into your word, the message this morning, Lord. Before we do that, I just ask that you would help people, Lord, where they are, to open their ears and their eyes and their mind and their hands, Lord, to, to open their hands to receive. Lord, this is how we give, but it's also how we receive. So help us to receive this morning this word that you have for us, and we are grateful for it. We're going to give you all the glory for it. Father, and as this week approaches and elections come, it's a great time for division in our country. I just help, I just pray that you would help people make good decisions based on biblical morals, ethics, and values, not be in attack mode or in, uh, in, in he said, she said mode, but Lord, to vote and put the right people in office who can help move us forward, help us improve our leadership this week. Lord, we love you. It's in Jesus' name. Everything is yours. Everything is yours. We give it to you in Jesus' name. Amen. And so context for this series, you know, the, the founding scriptures, 1 Thessalonians 5.23. The Apostle Paul encourages us to uh, be completely, be completely found blameless at the coming of Jesus. He says, may your spirit, soul, and body be kept completely blameless at the coming. You are a spirit. You have a soul and you live in a body. And so your spirit is also called your heart in Scripture, and that's what we're talking about today, helping your heart. It's been a phenomenal rhythm inside this series, and so I'm excited to jump into that. Your body is how you interact with the world, your five senses, so that's your due identity, and then your soul is your actual self. And so today we're talking about your heart, and today we're connecting our heart to our mind so that we can love more, so we can love more whole. This, met, this has to be personal. This has to be personal to you, and so learning to love others, which means we need to learn to understand God's love for us. We have to understand God's love for us, and so last week... One of our big points was uh, personally having confusing values. When we have confusing values, what mean, that means is we value people, uh, or sorry, we value places, and we value projects, we value work and agenda, and we value all that over people. We value all that over people. And the reality is God didn't put us here to check boxes or to file uh, to-do lists. He put us here to learn how to love. And the root of that is Matthew 22, 37, 39. It's a foundational scripture today. And paraphrase, that is, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. And so then how do you, how do you get out of learning how to love or receiving love? You just stay busy, right? You just stay busy. And when the reality is when we believe God's love for us, we'll begin to love others like he loves us. That's the whole point. Helping your heart is beginning to believe God's love for us so that we can walk in love or love others like he loves us. And so Jesus modeled uh, this the best for us. He refused to separate 
or differentiate between loving God and loving people. He did both. He did them equally. He did them so well. He's our phenomenal examples. This is what we're talking about in Matthew 22, 37 to 39. So here's the issue. It's really easy to hear about love and to talk about heart and not fully know what it is or what to do with it, really. And so we use love in all kinds of ways, right? I love cookies. Uh, I love ice cream. I love football. I love etc. We use it towards anything that we have really good feelings about. And feelings are emotions which come from our mind and our will, right? That's our mind, will, and emotions. And so I love chocolate cake. I love chocolate. Uh, Rick loves lamp, right? And so we just say that we love these things because we're trying to express an emotion toward them, but we really don't love them, right? We tend to speak about love very casually because it describes our emotion towards things we like, towards things we like. And so love is the only thing that really connects our spirit, our soul, and our body, which is our heart, our mind, and our flesh. And when it does, that leads to heart transformation. Our belief changes. We become deeply rooted. It comes from a deeper understanding, knowing in a belief of who God is, how he loves us, and what his heart is for us. And this is what happens when you break through your barrier. If you miss that message, you need to go get it. Breaking through your barrier, it's, it's a phenomenal message that will speak volumes to you. Now, God is a lot of things, and to talk about all the things that God is would take weeks and hours and months and years. But in 1 John 4, 8 and 1 John 4, 16, we see this phrase, God is love. God is love. And so then any discussion that starts with love should begin with God because that is who he is. God is not, love is not a thing. It's not a feeling. So then God's not saying, I am this. And, and I'm just that one thing he's saying, it encompasses everything that I am. It's not a thing or a feeling. He is love. He embodies it. It is his essence. That's completely who God is. So then love is not just what he does. It's who he is, right? It's three parts. There's three parts of that love and we get all of it. So then it's a self-definition, right? When God says, I am love, it's a self-definition. Like many people clarify their identity by race, religion, Etc. And when you identify yourself by what you really are, by what God made you, that's an unchanging reality. You can't change that. If you're born X, then you're, then you're X, right? And so then God clarifies his identity, which is his, which is his and the unchanging reality that I am love. God is love. Now, God is an eternal being, so he has been love forever. He's been love forever. And he will be this forever. Love, which means period, forever, right? So then that means love didn't start with you. It didn't start with me. It didn't start on the playground in elementary school, right? Some of you, that's where love started. Shame, shame, I know your name, right? And so then God was loved before there was you and me. He was loved before there was anything. Before anything existed, love existed, and God is love. Remember, God exists in three co-equal persons, there is, which is the Godhead, or also called the Trinity. That's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit, or the Holy Spirit. God the Holy Spirit. So God the Father, your Creator. God the Son, your Savior. God the Holy Spirit, the power and authority that you have to walk on the face of the earth. So when we talk about God and who He is, we need to realize He has never been by Himself. He is one in essence, but distinct in three personalities. And He is love. All three are love, and all three work together. So all three make up the one like you, all three parts of you, spirit, soul, and body, make up the one who sits here with me or listening with me right now as we go through this. And so in John chapter 5, 
In John chapter 5, we see the relationships between God the Father and God the Son. And it says, the Father says to the Son, and the Son does what the Father asks. This brings glory to the Father. The Father loves the Son, and the Son loves the Father. One creates, one does, and they both make each other look good. They both glorify each other. Jesus said many times to the Jews, when you all see me doing what I do, know that I'm doing it because my dad, my father, asked me to. Because he wanted me to show you his love. He wanted me to show you his love, right? And so what you need to see is the son who set you free came to honor and glorify the father. And because he did, we see throughout scripture that the father loves the son. And then when God the Holy Spirit comes, he shows up to glorify the son, right? And so the son came to glorify the father. The spirit came to glorify the son. And the father sent them both out of his great love for you. It's John 3.16 in Acts 2, when the Father sent us his... John 3.16, for God so loved the world, he gave us Jesus. Acts 2, I'm going, right? However, God's going to send you a spirit. It's going to give you so much. So for clarity on God's love for his son and for you, God said, I love you so much, son, that I'm going to create humanity to sing your praises. And Jesus, the son, says, I love you so much that when I lead people to pray, Matthew... He says, I'm not going to tell him to pray to me. I'm going to tell him to pray to you, right? Our Father who art in heaven, hallow is your name, or holy is your name. And the reason God created humanity is to have a group of people who would celebrate, show, and be his love. I hope this is helping your heart today. And because of the love he has for his son, he thought about you. That was the plan in the very beginning. In the, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was God. The Word is God. Jesus has also been called the Word. So it was them three together, Right? God created humanity out of love and out of the love for his son because he wanted his son to be loved. There had to be people. There you are. So, but here's the issue. What happened? Sin enters into the picture. And now because of God's great love for you, he wants you back. He wants you back, but he wants you back. He wants you back for his son, right? And in 1 John 4, 9 and 10, here's what it says. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. This is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. He sent Jesus as the atoning sacrifice, which means recompense or repair. Jesus repaired the relationship, right? God sent his son to repair the problem that was originally meant to benefit him. God sent his son. He sent Jesus, his one and only, to repair the problem right? To fix the problem that was originally meant, people, we were the, were the problem, that was originally meant to benefit him to sing his praises. And God says, I created them for you. They messed up. So I'm going to send you to fix them. Yes, the people I made for you, I'm going to send you to, to fix them, right? So then he sent his one and only son, which means one and only, one of a kind, right? Some cars like this still exist. Jesus was in a class by himself. There's only one Jesus, and so God says, I'm going to send you to die for them to get them back so we can keep creation going. Okay? And what I hope you see in this is God sent the person that creation was for to pay the price for the people who messed up his creation. This is love. This is love. Romans 5.8 tells us God didn't wait for you to get right to rescue you. God didn't wait for us to get right to rescue us. He says, but God showed his great love for us by sending Jesus to die for us while we were still sinners. All found the same. We were all found the same. 
He loved us even when we were totally wrong. So much so that he's willing to break his own unity. Think about this. Father, Son, Godhead, Trinity, three in one from the beginning of time, right? Before that. God loved you so much he was willing to break his own unity, sacrifice his only son so that we could be one. This, this is love. This is love. God is love. What happens is God has the loving solution to solve the problem, but it was going to cost him a lot. It was going to cost him great pain, right? And God said, I can't not fix this because of who I am. I can't not fix this problem because of who I am. My unchanging reality that has been forever is I am love. I am love. And so I'm going to show you the greatest display of love that my world has ever seen or ever will see. You won't ever see another thing like this, right? You ain't never had a friend like me, right? John 15, 13 says, No one has greater love nor stronger commitment than to lay down his life for his friends. And so here's what happens because Jesus came. Because God sent his one and only, one of a kind, the original, right? Here's what happens. It's found in John 13, 31 and 32. Jesus said, Now the Son of Man is glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified through the Son in him, God will glorify the Son in himself and will glorify him at once. Could be confusing. Follow with me. God is showing us this. The Son, who he loved so much and was used as a solution to the problem of sin in the world, will now be glorified even more because of his sacrifice. That's why. Why is there even more glory? Dude beat death, right? Which brings God more glory because he's obedient, because Jesus was obedient to the Father and only wants to honor and glorify him. What's he say? Jesus said, Lord, your will be done, not mine. I really don't want this, but I'm going to be obedient and I'm going to follow through, right? And what I hope you see in the love of the Son for the Father is the love the Father has for you. You're caught up in something bigger than an emotion. Love is not just a thing. Yeah, I know God loves me. You're caught up in something way bigger than that. And your part in creation had eternal purpose. Your part in creation, you can say to me, man, there's so much more, I don't matter. Yes, you do. Your part in creation had eternal purpose. You're a part of God's plan for humanity. And it's all founded, rooted, saturated, and preserved in love. Big, four-letter word, all caps. God's love for you isn't general affection. It's not like you like chocolate cake or brownies or celery or if you're, you know, broccoli, whatever that is, okay? And Jesus' blood is not just a regular coat of paint. It cleanses you. And the love that's been expressed, the love that chases you, is deep, it's extravagant, and it's eternal. It's eternal. It's so much bigger than what we see We've dumbed down and numbed out the word love because we confuse it with an emotion instead of who God is. And it should, it should all begin with God, right? It's so much greater than our understanding. It's why in John 17, Jesus asked God, he says, God, he says, Father, help them learn to love like we love each other. Help them learn how to love how we love each other. And so when you get to heaven and nothing clouds your mind and sin doesn't prohibit you, and, and you can actually sense you're going to feel the love of God continually forever. We can't comprehend that right now. We, we, we paraphrase it by agape love. That's God's love for us. And it's a two-way street. It's relationship. But you're going to feel that love continually because that's who he is. That's why he made you. That's what he does.
love. You were made for love, to love, because of God's great love. And so the big point is John 4, 8. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. I thought you said there's another one. There is. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love another. God is love. And love is having deep affection or seeking the best for one another. One another. God was seeking the best for his son. In doing that, he created the human race for his son, for love. When the human race seeks the best for Jesus, right? Because we are followers, we are examples of who he is. When the human race seeks the best for Jesus, then Jesus seeks the best for God. And together they glorify and outdo each other, right? And you and I get caught up right in the middle of that. And that's where the blessings flow. It's greater. This love is greater. And so here's how, here's how all of that glory works in your life. You become what you surround yourself with. You want to experience that? You want that for your life? You want that for yourself? What, by the way, one another means believers of the faith, it's family of faith. Here's the deal. You become what you surround yourself with. And so if you hang out in a bar, you're going to smell like beer and smoke, right? If you hang out in a kitchen, you're going to smell like grease. If you hang out at Starbucks, you're going to smell like coffee. If you hang out at a flower shop, let's spin this a little bit. If you hang out at a flower shop, you're going to smell like flowers. If you hang out in the perfume section, Heather used to do this all the time. She used to work at, at Lancome in her early days. She'd always come home smelling like perfume. If you work out, if you work in the perfume section, you smell like perfume. In other words, your environment, what you surround yourself with, affects the way that you smell, right? And so God says this. He says, I see you, and I recognize you, and I call you to be caught up and, and, and to be in my place, which is glory and glorification. He gets glory when we live like his son, our example, Jesus, right? So then John Frey says, God says, I am love. And if you are with me, you should be loving because that's the environment I live in. That's who I am. That's who I am. So if you're not loving, it's because you aren't hanging out in my place. You haven't been to my shop. You ain't in my store, right? God is love. That's his place. That's where he hangs out. And so then if you're a loveless believer, you're shopping at the wrong store, watching the wrong channel, listening to the wrong station, scrolling the wrong social feed. That's not where God lives. Your engagement with God really determines your engagement with others. Let's take a look. Four scriptures. John 4, 8. Whoever does not love God, whoever does not love does not know God. If we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. 416. So we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. John 4.20. Whoever claims to love God yet hates his brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. What's God saying? What is God saying in those four scriptures back to back to back? You can't have an intimate experience with me if others can't have an intimate experience with you. Are you walking in love? Because you don't know me, others don't know you or me, right? And so if you don't know how to love or refuse to love, you won't feel God's love. Not because he doesn't want to give it, but because you don't understand it. Because you haven't been in his shop. You haven't been shopping or hanging where he hangs. Engaged in relationship. People can't smell it because you ain't been there, right? 
As believers, people only know love if we give it. Because God is love, he reserves himself to believers who are living in love. So he's represented and glorified. Why? Because he's love. He is love. So if you're hanging out with somebody who claims to be a Christian and they don't operate in love, Scripture says they don't know God. They do not know God. Maybe acquaintances, maybe pass each other on the playground when they're picking up their kids from school, but they don't know God. And here's how to get to this. God is love, so he only hangs out with love. That's good stuff. So if that's not how you live, he can't hang out with you. Again, not because he doesn't want to, because that's not who he is. Because if he did, he would be hanging out with something that's not like him, and God doesn't contradict himself. God does not contradict himself. And so he's talking about family here. You're a son or a daughter. He's saying to all my kids, this is what the one another thing means. To all my kids, this is why he uses that term, one another. This is the love within the family of God, because if we can't love each other, we're not going to take it to the streets, right? It just won't be that. It's got to be in us first before it can go out there. And so this is a big deal because if the devil, if the devil can get you to be hateful, unforgiving, selfish, mean, negative, etc., if he can put all that stuff in you, he knows God's going to leave you alone. 100%. Because you aren't hanging out where he's hanging out. You aren't hanging out where he's hanging out. God only hangs out with what is consistent with who he is. The Bible says in John 15, if you abide in me, I'll abide in you. The word abide means to hang out, to be with. So he's saying, if you're not abiding in love, you're not hanging out with me. The more you love, the more he's with you. The more you love, the more you're in the environment in which he is. He's in that environment. You find a loving environment, that's where God lives because that's who he is. So the reality in today's message is there are a lot of Christians walking around as loveless saints. The Bible calls us saints, by the way. And they might put on a good show, but God says, I don't know them because <laughs> I've, I've never seen them in my shop. I've never seen them in my place. They don't smell like me. They haven't been around, right? They like a lot, but they love very little. They like a lot, but they love very little. There's a big difference between like and love, as you know. Like is a feeling. I like him. I like her. Like I said, I like chocolate cake. I like football but you don't love it. You don't love it. We say that we love these things. Love's that emotion, right? If you loved it, you wouldn't, you wouldn't eliminate that chocolate cake. If you loved it, you would not eliminate that whole tray of cookies. You would preserve it. Love preserves, right? And that's kind of a joke, but it's real. Love preserves. Biblical love is a decision, not an emotion. In emotion, you may say you love something you like, but love what you don't like because you made a decision regarding it, right? So what am I saying? You made a decision to eat salad. You don't really like salad, but you know that you need it, right? It's the best thing for you, so you do it. And even though you don't like it, you love being healthy, so you're willing to eat what you don't like, right? There's a lot of times my kids make decisions that I don't love, but it does not change the way that I love them, right? Love is the decision to compassionately and responsibly seek the well-being of another. So then helping your heart means God's passion becomes your compassion. God's passion becomes your compassion. So the more you're with him, the more you get, which gives you the ability to give more to others. Truth is, when God sees you love, he sees himself. You made in his image. 
he gets excited. He says, hey, I can bless that. I can bless that over there. And I can bless that over there. And I can bless that over there. Because when he sees you love, he sees himself. 1 John 4, 17 says, In this union and fellowship with him, love is completed and perfected with us, so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment with assurance and boldness to face him. Because as he is, so also are we. So also are we. So how is he? He's love. And what are we doing in the world? We're being loving. We're being loving. When God sees you being a loving Christian as a way of life in his world, he says, you're being just like me. And that's the way things are in heaven. And you get his undivided attention. Whoa, that's different. Not too many people being like that today. I can bless that guy. I can bless that girl. The reason why more Christians aren't hearing from God and more churches aren't seeing transformation is they're often in loveless places trying to be likable, shifting things just so to get people's attention so we can get that like. It's not about being likable, right? Preaching, by the way, can't make you love. My preaching is not going to make you love. Love is a personal decision that you have to make. And so preaching and teaching can be great, but without application, it falls flat on his face and we fail as a body of believers. By the way, people should never say that the best thing about what I lead is, is me. Should never be about me, the preaching, the place, the environment, the singing, the coffee. It should never be about that. The only thing people should say when they come to this place is, man, the people there, they love. They love. They might not agree. They might not have everything in common. But man, when I go there, I am received. I am welcomed. I am loved. The people there love. That's what John 13 says. John 13 says, by this, by love. All people will know that you are my disciples. It didn't say by the preaching, by the singing, by the environment, by the coffee. It says the love they have for one another. By the love that they have for one another, they'll know. You'll know. Everybody will know that you're my disciples when you do this. This is what makes people want to be a part when we actually love. So that unless there's love here, we won't see love there. Unless there's love in my house, I won't see it in my kids. Unless there's love in my marriage, I'm not going to get it back, right? If love is missing, you only look the part. We can only look the part, and that's that acquaintance we're talking about. To help your heart, you need to walk the walk. You need to be about that action. What's his name? I'm gonna, the running back for the, for the uh, retired running back, Marshawn Lynch. About that action, boss. Be about that action, right? It's easy to love people that you think deserve it, by the way. It's real easy to do that. Oh, he deserves it, so, I'll, so I'll, I'll love that person, right? But what about making the decision to love the other 90% of the time? I'm going to wind this thing down. Remember, God loved us when we didn't deserve it. While we were still sinners, Jesus came and died for us. When we didn't deserve salvation, he saved us anyway. In Luke, there's a story of the prodigal son, and, and, and there's an older brother and a younger brother, an older son and younger son, and the younger son takes everything he has, and he goes away, he has, he has a big time, and he blows everything. He loses everything, and he even loses the love of his father. Loses the love of his brother, loses his family, loses everything. And he realizes that what he had is now gone, that it wasn't about the stuff or the things or the dollars. It was love. And he misses that connection. His life becomes bad. He hits rock bottom. He finds himself in a pig trough, and he decides... I'm going to go back home. I'm going to go back to my dad as hard as it's going to be. I'm going to go back to my dad. I'm going to beg him for a job. And so he sets out. And when he gets home, he takes ownership of what he did. He says, I'm sorry. 
He says, I was ignorant. I was a fool. If you just give me the, the lowest job on the pole, whatever, I'll do whatever. I'll do whatever. I'll do whatever. And the dad says, hey, I see your heart. I see your heart. I'm so glad you're home. I love you so much. You're forgiven. Oh, you look hungry too, by the way. So we should probably feed you. Matter of fact, we should celebrate because you were lost and now you're found. You're back home. And then the older brother comes and he says, dad, what are you doing? What are you doing? Man, you're throwing a party for him. He blew everything. He made us look like clowns. He misrepresented our name. He's been unfaithful. All of a sudden, older brother puts on the judgment hat. He's like, look at all the things he's done. You're going to celebrate? We're going to party? We're celebrating that? That ain't right. That ain't right. That ain't right. Party for him? What about me? What about me? Selfish. I've been here the whole time. Look how proud I've made you. Dad looks at the older son and says, hey, your brother's home. He was lost. He's home. He's found. We should celebrate. We should be glad. I'm celebrating. What's interesting about the story of the prodigal son is that's where it closes. You don't know what happens, right? We never found out how the story ends. We don't know what the older brother does, but it's not trending very well, right? And so what's left for interpretation is this. Will the older brother or the oldest son decide to support his dad's decision? Will he celebrate his brother? Will he go hang out and feast with his family, with his dad? Or will he sit in his room alone and sulk, keep that judgment half and that selfish heart? He obviously disagreed with his dad's decision. With his dad's decision. Now he has a decision to make. And because this, the reality is dad's going to hang out with his brother who's come home, who's been rescued, right? And the irony in this story is much like our world today, a lot of older Christians, seasoned vets, older Christians, don't want to hang out with folks who've been forgiven. Nah. They don't want to have comp compassion on people who've been redeemed. For the ones whose lives have been broken, who have hit rock bottom, we'd much rather judge than celebrate. And that's not love. That's not love. People walk through the doors of churches every week with their clothes torn, their lives broken, their hearts hurting, their eyes full of pain. Life's not been good to them. And maybe they're shamed by their past or their background, their lifestyle, but they believe enough, regardless of how they look, feel, come across to walk in and hear a word from the living God. And we as seasoned Christians put on our judgment and be like, oh my gosh, what are you doing here? You should go back where you came from. This is a place for holy people. Well, how'd you get holy? How'd we get holy? Nobody in here is better than anybody else. We were all the same when Jesus found us. We were all the same. Regardless of what the brand on our t-shirts, we were all the same. Some of us have been dug out some really low places, right? We choose to love with a standard. We don't judge, we choose to love with a standard. And that the standard is a decision to love, not a feeling to like. Well, you look decent, so I'll, I'll, I'll love you. No, no, it's a standard. The standard is, is truth and love. It's truth and love. We love because of the truth. The truth found us, and so now that allows us to love more. We understand what God's love is for us. And so we keep loving people with the standard of love and truth. We love those people who are willing to adjust to the standard that God set. The prodigal son adjusted his standard. He realized the standard, the standard of truth and love. The goal and the hope of God through you is that you would speak truth in love. 
so that people know you care. So people know you care, not just to judge and not just to love, right? So people know that you care. It should be, but I have to share this with you because this is what God has done in my life. It changed my life so much, not because it's law or have to, because of love. And so it's the absence of God's love that's kept people separated, that keeps, keeps people out of community and keeps everybody else living fake relationships, right? Instead of being God's love in our world, we ask people to produce a feeling and we call it kindness. If you can just produce this feeling and be kind, and we'll put these yard signs everywhere and just be kind. But the reality is kindness does not speak truth, right? It calls for acceptance, which is be nice, but it can be accomplished without love because it's only a, a feeling, which means we walk the earth with a feeling of, I have to be kind. We can't be love and truth, and we, we can't be all love without truth, and we can't be all truth without love because God is both. And it's the absence of love that has people against people, church against church, and blue against red. When we live without love, we're not living the biblical standard. We're living a worldly feeling, which makes you only look out for you, which means we act for exchange instead of out of love for one another. And the reality is we live in a time where it is imperative that people stand up for truth instead of culture. God said, when I see you loving, when I see you loving. He didn't say when I see you accepting, affirming, agreeing. He said, when I see you loving, God's blessings find you when you're wrapped in his love, his will, his plan. The glory we talked about earlier becomes blessing in your life when you live in love or when it's your way of life. So then God's blessings find you when you're wrapped up in his will, his plan, and his love. Here's your promise. I'm gonna close with this. It's 1 John 4, 17, super simple. In this union and fellowship with him, love is completed and perfected with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment with assurance and boldness to face him because, key line, if you're taking notes, write this down. As he is, so are we in this world. Who is he? Love. Who are we? Loving the world, loving people in the world. So when your day comes to meet the Lord and he reviews your life from salvation to the time you arrive in heaven, right? How will you sit on that day with confidence? How do you know it's going to be good? How do you know you're going to hear, great job, son? How do you know you're going to hear that? Confidence on that day in that seat comes because God will say, you were me in the world. I am love and so are you. Well done. Well done. Here's your action step this week. Read 1 John chapter 4. Consume it. Soak in it. Sit in it. Pray about it. Think on it. Let it be what you think about throughout your day. Read 1 John every morning. Believe in the love that God has for you so you can begin to be it for one another. So then, let your actions begin and be rooted in love. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the opportunity to share today on your heart for us so we can have that heart for people. I ask if there are people who need to take another step, Lord, you help them to be bold and take it, Lord. I love you. Thanks for using me, helping me be a part of what you want to do on the face of this planet. Help more people to open their hands and hearts. 
to be who you are in this world. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As always, if this message spoke to you, please share it. Send it on. Be wise in your decisions this week. Be wise in your decisions this week. And um, join me next week. We're going to talk about building balance. Building balance next week. Now, I pray the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, would give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation, the knowledge of Him. I pray the perception of your mind would be enlightened so that you would know what is the hope of His calling and His purpose for you and the great things that He has in store for you. I love you guys. I'll see you. Thank you so much for joining me today. A huge thanks to those of you who support our ministry. You make what we get to do in Michigan, Oklahoma, Texas, and Colorado possible with those weekly outreaches to our hospital heroes and public service men and women. It's a big deal to get to do that and to support the people who are caring for our communities. So go ahead and click the link in the description to become a partner, or you can visit livefreedefined.com and click the giving link. If you enjoyed the podcast, please take a minute to like and subscribe or share it with a friend. Thanks again for being here today. God bless you.